<laughs> Welcome into another episode of Garbage Time Fantasy Football. I am your host, Ron Seymour, joined today by JJ LaPlante and Ryan Warner. How are you doing today, boys? Good, good. Excellent. And you are not hearing a mess up. Yes, we are doing a second show this week. We are hoping to do two shows a week right up until football season starts. And we are going to start our divisional breakdowns. And if my math adds up, we do two a week, and that should be done right about the time football season starts. Yes, sir. Can't wait. We are starting today with the AFC South, which is where we should start. I don't know why, but it is. Least exciting, the most exciting. It is, standing it out, I realize that this is one of the least exciting uh, divisions. I certainly concur. Looking through the top players, you know, there's nobody that, there's a couple good guys, but. There's a couple guys, I mean, Derrick Henry, for one, and, you know, the Titans are obviously probably the most fantasy relevant team out of this division, I would say. Potentially. Then you got people. Then you got you know like Jacksonville who see what they do with rookie quarterback. Uh, the Texans without Deshaun Watson and the Colts with Carson Wentz. So lots of lots of moving pieces in this division this year. And uh, we could probably just jump right into it, boys. Right? Like I don't think there was there hasn't been much for news lately. Not anything. Just, you know, I'd just like to bring up that Devontae Adams is talking about playing with Derek Carr again. So I would not mind if he got traded to the Raiders. So it's, throwing that out there. Well, we, I think the Packers still desperately want Aaron Rodgers to come back. And I don't think trading away Devontae Adams is going to be the way to do that. I think they should just let the implosion happen and be shitty for like a decade and it'd be fine with me. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the Bears fan would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Am I ambitious? <laughs> Is that what happened? All right. <laughs> All right. We can get started. We will start, like we said, in the AFC South and we will start with the Tennessee Titans for no other reason than that's first on my list. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yeah. That's how we go. Uh, does anybody want to start? Uh, I know, JJ, you said you did some projections. You didn't get to finish all of them. You know, work life. You got to love that. Well, they're finished in my mind. So They're finished in my mind. <laughs> and Ryan, how are your projections? Yeah, I just didn't do production projections. I'm just here for the ride, to be, to be honest. I mean. Ryan's, Ryan's sick. He's got to pass. But what was, a slacker. I, I was what camping for like. Went camping for five days. Now I'm dying. I don't know what happened, but uh, if I don't see you guys next week, this may be the last recording that's ever heard of me. Well, let's make last, it memorable. Last year of your voice. You just have to play this on on repeat. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll just chime in with my thoughts. But yeah, no, no, uh, no actual projections done on my end because I suck. All right, well, let's get into this. Uh, JJ, did you actually – are the Titans one that you have statted out, like, on paper? I, or is... Yeah, I got I got numbers for everybody. All right. Um, so, how do you feel about – we'll just start right with Tannehill. Like, what's your, what's your projections for Tannehill? So, it's a tough call. Um, you know, the last couple of years, his efficiency has just been insane in that offense. Um they did lose Arthur Smith to the Falcons. So that's something that bothers me a little bit, but also I don't have a ton of faith in their defense. I know they added a couple of young guys after, uh, you know, after the season ended, they lost, you know, their corners, they lost Clowney. They lost a lot of pieces of that defense, which already was kind of suspect. So I don't have a ton of faith that, the defense is that improved. So I think they're going to have to throw a little bit this year. Um, I think I had Tannehill throwing for between 37 and 3,900 yards and around 30 touchdowns. Now, obviously he got a big upgrade with Julio, but 
you know, they're still going to want to pound Henry. So his, his volume is probably going to be similar to what it's been uh, the past couple of years. So I don't think that with that, he can break 4,000 yards. What are your thoughts? Uh, I got him a little bit higher than you. You said like around 3,900. I've got him at 45. Um, wow. wow. Yeah, I got their passing volume. You got to remember there is the extra game this year. Yeah. Um, so that's only like, I, I want to say it was something around 250 yards per game, which isn't, isn't anything crazy. Um, I got him for 35 touchdowns. Like you said, the efficiency is just crazy for this offense. I know they lost their offensive coordinator, but I'm pretty sure the guy they come that's coming in is going to try to model that same exact thing. And a lot of the reason they're so efficient is because of Derrick Henry. So, you know, they have to try to stack the box to stop him. With the extra game, you brought up the suspect defense. I think they do have to pass a little bit more this year than they would have in previous years. Not to mention Derrick Henry. I know he's a monster, but he is 27. You know, his workload, I'm sure they don't want him carrying the ball 380 times. Uh, I've only got him for 325, which is still a lot of carries. Uh, I still got him being a monster for this year. Derrick Henry, 325 for... 1,690 yards and 14 touchdowns. And what's crazy is that 14 touchdowns is like his lowest per per year since he's been like the full-time starter. So it just feels weird to say 14 touchdowns and that's like, and that's projecting him low. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean – the Titans, they, they promoted from within. They, I think Downing, Todd Downings was their tight end coach. So um, yeah, tight end coach is going to want to run the ball. So, I mean, they're definitely going to pound them. I kind of, you know, in this offseason, these offseason podcasts, I've kind of been skeptical that uh, running back can take that kind of load three years in a row. I mean, even if you go back to this dude's high school numbers, he's getting just insane carries. Yeah, And at some point, I mean, it's kind of like the top Tom Brady talk, but at some point he's got to slow down and wear down. Right. So, I, I, I kind of am not as high. I know Joe's very high on Derrick Henry this year. I'm not as high on him. I just, that's something's telling me him and Travis Kelsey, something's telling me that this year they're going to get hurt. I, I don't know what it is, but. Just got that feeling, that yeah. gut feeling. Sometimes you got to go with that gut feeling, you know? Yeah, uh, I agree with Derrick Henry. Like I said, he is 27. He's definitely going to start falling off at some point. And it might be that people draft him too high this year because he might take a step back. And the thing is, though, I projected him to take a step back. Not a huge step back, but these numbers are a step back for Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah. And that's just crazy to me. Uh, Ryan, how do you feel about Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry. You're muted. You're still muted. Ooh, he's getting chit-chatted. He's getting yelled at. He Sorry, my my uh my wife's playing with the kid up there and it's getting a little rambunctious. Um he had his peepee slap. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think JJ's a little a little on the low end with Tannehill, especially if if uh with Henry taking a dip. I think he does as well. Um, just that volume, that's tough to maintain for an extended period of time. Uh, Tannehill did do 3,800 yards this past season. Another game in the midst, along with Henry taking a step back. I think Ron's number might be a little bit closer. I could see like 42, 4,300. Um, 33 touchdowns last season. He has Julio now. Um, so I think you could probably see that comparable. And then, like I just said, I think Henry does take a step back. I'm actually not super high on drafting him like I don't think I would I would take him I mean I could be dead wrong same with Kelsey like but I'm kind of on JJ's team with that that I'm kind of weary of both of them right I think there's another running back in this division that tops Derrick Henry fantasy points wise this year Jonathan Taylor that's the one 
<laughs> I'm big on John Taylor this year. I didn't even look to see what are what do I got their points at. Let me oh let me check that real quick. Gotta move you guys over my other screen. Oh, I got no. I still got Derrick Henry in head, but not by a not by a whole lot. It's something like right around fifty points for the year. Derrick Henry doesn't get that receiving work. You know what I mean? That's, and it's not that I got Jonathan Taylor. Taylor cited it a lot of receiving work either, but. Well, and John Taylor had that weird phase where the Colts were using Himes a lot. I don't think we go through that phase again. So I think he's going to see more work this season. Um, oh, boost his value. All right. So we'll go on to the wide receivers here for the Titans. Uh, the two main ones, obviously, AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Josh Reynolds is. Uh, number three on their depth chart currently. And Anthony Ferkser is slated to be their starting tight end at the moment. Uh, currently, I have A.J. Brown with 148 targets, 95 receptions, 1,130 yards, and 12 touchdowns. And I got Julio with 119 targets, 80 receptions, 904 yards, nine touchdowns. I wanted so badly to get Julio into that 10 touchdown range, but I just, I don't think he gets there. I don't think he gets it. So where are those 4,500 yards going? If you only got a one 1100 yard receiver and that's it. Just, I, I'm, I know they'll use more tight ends and other wide receivers. I just, I don't stat every single player. Um, like I also, I don't know why I didn't. I, I was I planned on putting more into Darrington Evans, the backup running back. I think they sprinkle him into the pass game a little bit more. Uh, I just I think a, a lot of the rest of it come through from auxiliary pieces getting, you know, a couple hundred yards on the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. AJ Brown. Um... Dude is a beast. His knee worries me a little bit because they're saying he's kind of still getting over his surgery. He had pretty significant surgery in the offseason. Um, so he's still recovering from that. He's kind of a genetic specimen, though, so I assume he'll be ready by the season. I think uh, I think Brown will have a little more yards. Um, I like him to more in the 12, 1300 range. Um, and Julio, I, I think he fits pretty well in this offense because he's really good at yak historically. I know he can go up and get it, but he's really good after the catch and this offense really uses the play action to put the receivers in space so they can make moves and get downfield. So I, I think both these guys go for a thousand yards as long as they're healthy. So I think, I, that, uh, was, I think that was part of my, yeah, in my head as the ranking is, Julio Jones has been banged up and he's getting older. AJ Brown has missed games every year. Mm -hmm. So I think that like I could have very easily put AJ Brown at more like 160 targets yeah. over hundred receptions and probably closer to 1300 yards. But I think he misses at least a game, game and a half maybe. And it drops him down just a little bit. Yeah, they're gonna. I, I don't know. I just a lot of people are really high on the Titans, and I, I, I think they have potential. They could be great. They, I mean, they could have the best record in the AFC. I just something. I don't know. I just I don't have a ton of confidence in their defense. So I, here's what I believe about the Titans from a fantasy aspect. I think most of your main players on that team will be very consistent for you for fantasy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know if any of them – I mean, Derrick Henry is going to have his games where he's just beast mode. But other than that, I don't know if – Right. I don't know if anybody else has that, like, any given week, just that monster, monster game. But I don't think any of them really kill you on a week-to-week -week basis either. Like, it is how the Titans are. They are very consistent. Like – you know what you're going to get. Very good P 
pieces to have on your teams, just not that weak winning upside outside of Derrick Henry. Ryan? Uh, yeah, so not muted this time. No, okay. Um, yeah, I see A.J. Brown probably a little bit higher. I think I put him in the 1,200 range, 13 maybe. Uh, started 14 games this past season, finished with 1075. I think Julio goes up over 1,000, maybe finally breaks that 10 TD barrier that he kind of struggles to get by usually. Um, but I think we could see both of them up over 1,100 yards this season. Um, he's going to be the, those two are going to be the two main guys for Tannehill and all those yards that have to go somewhere. So I think it's going to be a monster season for both of them. Yeah. Um, the tight end, Anthony Ferkser, I don't know much about the player, but he does step into a role that has been used quite a bit. I gave him 95 targets, 59 receptions and 723 yards. Uh, Tannehill likes his tight ends. The Titans felt okay with letting Jonu Smith walk, which means they must have at least some faith in Anthony Ferkser. So I feel like he could step in, obviously not be Jonu Smith, mm. but at least be a week-to-week streamer possibly for the tight end position. I think he's got some pretty good upside and he yeah. attended, you know, he went to Kittle's tight end university. So, Oh, see, yeah. I don't, I, I, like I said, I didn't know much. I don't know much about the player, Anthony Ferkser. He's a, um, uh, I mean, he's not, he's not like a six, he's a, I think he's like six, two, six, three, but he's like two fifty, solid. And he's kind of like Smith where he's physical after the catch. So, I mean, I definitely can see you got him statted out 700. Yeah. I mean, that, that looks right to me, which, I mean, I, I think that would probably be, what, top 10, 12 tight ends if, we're look, if we look at 2020 stats. So I think that's actually pretty accurate right there. What, mine? Yeah. I mean, oh. that looks right to me. Hell yeah. <laughs> JJ stamp of approval. I like it. <laughs> All right. We will move on. We will get right into – anybody else? Anything else for the Titans? Oh. All right. Next on my list would be the Indianapolis Colts. Again, just because that's that's who's next on my list. <laughs> uh, they got newly acquired Carson Wentz as their quarterback. Uh, for their running backs, the three main ones are Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and they brought back Marlon Mack. Uh, wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and their tight ends, Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox. These are all the people that I feel like will either be good fantasy people or will steal value from some of the other people. That's, that's who I stat out. <laughs> uh, so with Carson Wentz, I know I talked about him on a previous episode. I believe it was the sleeper episode or potential breakout. I don't remember which one, but I think Carson Wentz is going into one of the be- his best situations that he's ever been in. He's reuniting with Frank Wright. Uh, I got him rolling for 388 completions, 4,420 yards, and 42 touchdowns. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I think Damn. he has a really good year. I think this offensive line is going to be – Stellar for him, and he's going to show why he was an MVP candidate that one year under Frank Reich before he got injured. Okay. And one rushing touchdown. One. So, I mean, I like, uh, I like Wentz's upside, too. I, I think he rebounds. I'm, I don't think he's going to throw 40 touchdowns. Um, I think they want to run the ball. Um. And I think his numbers will look kind of similar to Philip Rivers last year, maybe a little better, um, obviously, because he's still, you know, in his 20s, in his prime. Maybe he's 30 now, but somewhere in his late 20s or early 30s. Um, I mean, I just – I don't I don't see 42 touchdowns, but I think the yardage is probably pretty accurate, 4,400 yards. Um, I think he'll run a little bit more than that. Um, you know, he, uh, he's got some – 
some pretty cool highlights of him busting out of sacks against the Redskins. And he, he's a better scrambler than he people think. But because he's always on in Philly, his last couple of years, he was always under pressure. He could just not get away. So I think right. he get moving a little more. Um, so I think, you know, yards wise, that's right. And uh, I'm thinking like low 30s as far as touchdowns, like 31, 32, maybe. Um, um, I, I think the reason I have his rushing numbers a little bit lower is because of how good I think this offensive line is phenomenal. He's not going to have to get away as much. He'll be able to throw the ball more. Plus they're going to run the ball a little bit more. Um, So I I think that's why I kept his numbers, his rushing numbers. And he's never been like a breakaway runner. Like, yeah, he always escapes the sacks and gets like, you know, five, six yards here or there. But he's not breaking away and getting yeah, they're 25 not, yards. They're not calling design runs to Carson Wentz. Right. So but. that's where that's kind of where was my thinking around all of it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I like his upside and any mock draft you do right now, he's always there late, late, late. Like he'll get yeah. undrafted in some drafts. Yeah. So, I mean, I got no problem with that. Uh, we'll move on to the running backs. I bet this is where we have quite the disparity. I know you're super high on Jonathan Taylor. I'm actually, you, you can see my numbers. I'm not low on Jonathan Taylor at all. I got him getting 260 attempts for 1,248 yards, 10 touchdowns, 27 receptions for 309 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the reason the receptions are low is because I have Naheem Hines just eaten up out of the backfield on third downs and passing down work with 81 receptions for 884 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, so how do you feel about Jonathan Taylor guys? Brian, you start. Yeah, Brian, All you right. start. <clears throat> All right. I will. Um, so I zoned out there for a minute. How many yards did you have him going for around? Uh, 12 or 1,248. All right. And that was off. That was off of like 250, you said? 260, yeah. 260? Okay, that's not too – I think he'll be a little bit higher than that. Um, last season went for almost 1,200 off of 230. So I think with the additional carries, I think we could, we could see him hit the 1,400 mark probably, maybe in that ballpark. Um, only 11 touchdowns last season. I'd like to see him be a, little bit, be a little bit more. But like you said, and I mentioned it earlier – Himes does make me a little nervous. He had those few games where he just kind of throttled Taylor's fantasy value and kind of stole stole a lot from him. Um, but I think uh, I think Jonathan Taylor could be a top, probably top three running back this upcoming season. I think we're going to get a big year out of him. I think a lot of his rushing will be good. And uh, I have Marlon Mack right now statted for 140 attempts. They brought him back. I don't think they would have brought him back just to not use him. I know it's a good depth piece, but I still think they'll give him some work. I, I would, if Marlon Mack didn't come back, Jonathan Taylor would have easily been over 300 attempts for me. So, and probably closer to 1,500 yards. Mm-hmm. But I think Marlon Mack being there steals a lot of his opportunity to really have that that breakout breakout season i uh i disagree and uh i think marlon mack was brought back for on a million dollar contract because he knows the offense and he's shown he's capable but i i don't think you can deny the speed strength and ability of jonathan taylor um i think he's gonna get 20 carries a game i think he's gonna be I think they're going to D up like they did last year and then run the ball with Taylor, control the clock, and look for Carson Wentz to be efficient. I got Taylor projected at 1,500 yards plus and 14 to 16 touchdowns. I think he has a really good year. I think Joe's take that Aaron Jones is going to top him is what some might call idiotic, and I'm looking forward to winning that bet. Um I'm just – I have a lot of faith in the kid. I think he's durable, and uh, I think he's definitely top five running back this year, RB1. So, so, 
So essentially, is what what it's coming down to is is what you believe about them bringing back Marlon Mack. Yeah, I would be right aligned with you if Marlon Mack wasn't there. But like you said, he does know the offense. He, you know, he sh- he's proven that he can do it. Like he was a fantasy star when he was the running back. So that, yeah, that's why it worries me. I mean, I think – I mean, he's going to get carries. He's going to get carries every game, but I don't think it's going to be the almost – it looks like you got him just under 10 carries a game on average. I, I think – I mean, I think there's going to be games where he has, like, four carries, six carries. Like, he's going to spell Taylor on some drives, but I just think that – I've I've got him at 15 carries a game. Mac? No, you got you got Taylor at fifteen, right? Oh, Taylor at fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I I think Mac's gonna get like five to seven carries a game and spell him on a couple series, and then he's obviously their safety yeah. net if Taylor gets hurt. But I just I, think I, he's gonna get the work. I got him at eight. <laughs> Joe just mentioned in the. Yeah. <laughs> did you see? It? He just mentioned yeah. in the group chat that Taylor's yeah, stats are high. <laughs> I'll tell him I was just singing his praises. <laughs> That's funny that he would send that right now. Um, like he knows. Like he knows what we're doing. He knew, he wanted to be in on this conversation. He should have been on the podcast. That's true. <laughs> Why did he just send a picture of <laughs> drugs? I don't know. Hold on. Oh, is that like oh, he's in high? It, it's so, it's uh, marijuana because they're high. Marijuana. I get it. Ron, you're so old. Marijuana. <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> That marijuana. They're doing the marijuana. Yeah, Joe just sent us what, what a, you want uh, me to say? weed. Weed. That Mary Jane. There you go. Right, we'll move on to garbage time. Move on to the wide receivers. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, and Paris Campbell. Uh, I have my top wide receiver for this team will be Michael Pittman. Uh, Who do you guys got as your top? Pittman. And I I got his yards a significant chunk higher than where you have him. I think he's going to go for over 1,000. I I got him for about 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. I think he is one of the second-year wide receivers that's going to break out. He looked – just seeing him play in the playoffs too, he was he looked really good. And you could tell he just really matured last year. And this year, you know, he's coming in knowing the offense. He's got his offseason program and everything. And I think him and Wentz kind of had that fun about the jersey numbers, but I think they'll have a pretty good chemistry. And uh, I think he's probably going to be the one. And you got Hilton as the threat over the top. You know, he's kind of the sneaky guy that catches the deep ball, and I think that can help open up a lot over the middle for Pittman. So I think he's probably the number two in this offense to Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion. Uh, who do you think is uh, going to be finish the first wide receiver, Ryan? Um, I'm nervous to say Pittman just because of how much he struggled last year, even with Paris Campbell being out all season. Um, he kind of never truly broke out, you know, job more than can you top 60 yards like once. Um so I, I think it still goes to T.Y. Hilton. I think um, I think Pittman you're still looking at might be the wide receiver two or three in that offense. I'm not I'm not beta on him as a breakout candidate. Ooh. Ooh. Spicy. Spicy. Uh, I, 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 I like Pittman. Uh, maybe not quite as much as J.J. I think my main problem with it is I, I think Wentz is going to come in here and just have so much time. I know I keep mentioning the offensive line, but having an offensive line like this changes your game. Like, it it gives you more freedom. He's going to be able to sit behind that line and actually go through his projections. I don't think he'll have to hyper-target one of these guys. and That's kind of why all of their stats of mine are pretty close. Because I just believe that He'll, he'll be able to sit back there, go through his projections, and find the open guy. Progressions. I said progressions, didn't I? You said projections. 
his yeah, he's projecting who's going to get open first, so he's going through. Saved it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But as you see, I got you know I got Ty Hillen at fifty-seven receptions for six hundred and sixty-three yards. Michael Pittman at eighty-two for eight eighty-four, and Paris Campbell at sixty-nine for seven ninety-five, and they're all right around the six to eight touchdown range. I just so I'll say this: if Carson Wentz is throwing forty-two touchdowns, T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman are going to the Pro Bowl because I assume they're going to be the ones that are getting the bulk of those. Um, I, I just. I don't know. I've, I've been doing a lot of mocks, and I, I like where Pittman's falling right now. I think it's a, a safe zone to take a, a flyer on him. You know, my so far my theme of this offseason has been take running backs early, um, yeah. and then those those kind of second tier receivers that have the potential to to break out. You know, the CD Lambs, Pittman, guys like that. Um, so I, I just I got a good feeling about him this year. I'm, yeah. Uh, Pittman's upside is probably the highest out of the three wide receivers. He, he's the one that could take my projections and just leave them in the dust. Um, I just, I can't, I can't get myself there quite yet without, you know, new quarterback. Uh, I know Carson Wentz knows the system because it's Frank Wright, but getting, and we don't know who he'll have that rapport with he could just as easily come out and him and ty hilton could just click oh absolutely and all of a sudden ty hilton's getting all the work and michael Pittman's not so it was hard to project any one of these guys as a real breakout candidate i think out of the three michael Pittman has the best shot and then i would follow it by paris campbell and i think ty hilton is the veteran presence that gets the occasional deep shot. And then the tight ends, we got Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox. Neither one of these guys are super game breakers. I think Mo Alley-Cox is the one who should be starting. He started a couple games last year and just was a monster because he is a monster. He's something like 6'7 and I don't know, 5,000 pounds or something. Dude's huge. Classic basketball tight end. Right, yeah. And when he was the unquestioned tight end out there, he put up good games even for fantasy. But I just don't believe that's how they're going to do it. Jack Doyle's still there. Um, so I've got them kind of canceling each other out a little bit. You know, again, streaming options if possible but yeah i probably won't draft either of these guys there's going to be games where one of them has two or three touchdowns and you know they'll be the dfs play of the week but yeah i don't think there's going to be a lot of consistency at tight end here i think it's going to be a game by game type of deal so ryan are you on uh online with us with that or yeah yeah pretty much exactly what you guys said all right so if nothing else about the Indianapolis Colts will move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence pretty high there. Yeah, I. that's probably going to change mostly the touchdowns and probably a little bit of the yards. Uh, I started him out, and I, after I did it, I kind of felt like I started him out more to his upside. But I got thinking about the defense, which isn't very good. They didn't they didn't do a lot to address it this offseason either. So it might just come out of necessity. He's gotta throw the ball. So he might end up. So I got him with thir- 371 completions, 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns. And like I said, that may be a little a little high, but there's kind of where my projections came out. I mean, again, I'm, I'm kind of new at doing projections like that. So, you know, I'm hopefully each year it gets better and better. And uh, I don't think that's that far off, Ron. Um, 
they're going to let him wing it. You know, he's uh he's the franchise. They want him to get those reps in. Um, I think Herbert set the, you have the 30 touchdowns last year. Herbert set the rookie record at 31. I think it was. So um, I think he may throw more than 13 picks. I think it's, you know, they're going to let him learn. So, yeah. and he's got, I mean, he's got decent receivers. I don't think he has that one superstar, but he's got three, what I would call number two receivers right now. Like, he has three receivers that I think could be a number two in any offense. So right. he's got some weapons and he's got his boy ETN there to catch his check downs. So um, I think that's probably pretty accurate yards and touchdowns wise. I don't think he's, I don't think you're that far off. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I, I can see it. Um, I'm pretty sure that would be a record. The 4,400 for a rookie quarterback. Um, Extra game. But All those records are getting broken. Yeah. Yep. So like JJ said, extra game. And the Jaguars are a team that got almost 4,000 passing yards last year with Minshew and Glennon in. So <laughs> yeah. it's not that far fetched. Hold on. I'm putting, his, I'm putting his stats up higher now. <laughs> yeah. So looking at that, it's actually not that far fetched to think that a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, if he performs like everyone thinks he will, to yeah. hit that 4,400 mark in an offense that managed to get. 3,900 with the carousel of right. subpar quarterbacks they had last, last season. So it's actually not that far off. I'm, I'm with you there. All right. So we'll move on to the running backs. And this is probably one of the more difficult ones to mm-hmm. stat out. This is a hundred percent on what you believe. I did a little bit of research, listened to some more other podcasts and some of the coach speak which I know isn't always good to do because sometimes coaches just say things for the lulls. Right. But I'm beginning to believe that James Robinson is going to be the first and second down back. And ETN is going to be on the field a lot as a wide receiver. Um, These guys, the Jaguars don't really have a tight end to speak of. I don't believe Tebow is going to do anything even make the roster um yeah so i i think they do what they said they want to do and that's have james robinson be the the guy who pounds the rock with etn spelling him here and there and then being a heavy pass down usage i think this team still wants to run the ball a bunch because I mean, they actually did really well running the ball last year. And they want to take as much pressure off of Trevor Lawrence as possible. So I've got James Robinson at 205 attempts, 943 yards and eight touchdowns. And then sprinkling in 19 receptions for 221 yards and like a touchdown on the year. With ETN, 175 Carries 822 yards, only three touchdowns, but 80 receptions for 663 yards and six touchdowns through the air. I think, especially in the beginning of the season, that ETN could have monster reception numbers until Trevor Lawrence gets more comfortable with his wide receivers. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think you're I think you're on. I think I'm just mad at Urban Meyer because had ETN gone to another team, both of these guys would be fantasy studs. But yeah. the fact that he went and took ETN and now we'll have him kind of sprinkled in there, it kind of just puts them both in this weird gray area where you don't know what's going to happen and you can't put a lot of stock in either one. Yeah. But like I said, I do believe in the beginning of the year, that James Robinson will end up being the, the, the main runner. I think it might shift more towards the end of the year with James Robinson still getting like goal line-ish work. Maybe not all of it, but as you can see, I got him getting more of the rushing touchdowns than ETN. So I think that's who so he's going to be. So you have James Robinson just taking a dip of about, looks like 100, 100 yards rushing with the addition of ETN just because you think he's going to be doing that much still a majority of the rushing 
I do. I really think he's, I mean, I still got him doing for 205 carries, but I do think that a lot of these numbers come from the beginning of the year and then things are going to switch. Gotcha. So he's getting, I got him for 205 carries, but I wouldn't be surprised if most of those come like one through 11 and then most of Travis Etienne's 175 carries come from week 12 on. Like, and their roles kind of switch throughout the year. But they keep, I mean, Travis Etienne in OTAs has been working exclusively with the wide receivers. Like, he hasn't been taking like any running back reps, he's been working exclusively with wide receivers through all these mini camps. So either they just already trust him 100% as a runner or they are legit going to use him as a passing back. So that's where I'm going. I think he's going to be used as the passing down back and James Robinson, the pounder. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys stats of a running back duo in the NFL last year, and you gotta see if you can name them. So, running back one had 146 carries for 656 yards, with 26 receptions for 176 yards. Running back two had 187 carries for 800 and, or 932 yards, 83 receptions and 756 yards. Who were those two running backs? Is that Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines? No. I just thought that's where that was going. <laughs> I, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. So that is Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. And this situation kind of reminds me of that. Um, I think – I apologize if you can hear my crying, teething He's one-year-old fine. in the background. Um, so Kamara I, – I think ETN's going to have like a Kamara role where he's got – 10 to 15 carries, and then he gets a bunch of receptions from Trevor Lawrence. I think that's kind of the idea that the Saints have. And then, obviously, Robinson will get the goal line carries. And maybe, I mean, I, I know Kamara kind of gets a lot of first and second network, but um, I think it'll kind of balance out to be like the Saints running back situation, somewhere like that. So, Well, I was I was thinking the Saints running back situation, but I was thinking more from a few years ago, like Mark mm-hmm. Ingram, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Where Mark Ingram was that first and second down guy, and Kamara yeah. was the third down passing word guy. Like, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And both those guys had – you could use in fantasy. They may have not have been that breakaway. And if either one of these guys gets injured – that other person is going to be elevated into a huge role on a team that I believe is going to score or at least be in position to score quite a bit. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we're all pretty much aligned there. Yeah. All right. So we will go with, uh, we'll move into the wide receivers. Uh, Their three main ones are DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, who they just signed in free agency and the Viscus Chenault. Uh, I am fading heavily on DJ Chart. Urban Meyer has come out and legit said I didn't like his game tape from last year. Uh, really? The man, yeah. He, he said he needs to like bulk up. And a lot of times when wide receivers bulk up, they lose speed. So, you know, and honestly, DJ Chark didn't play that well last year. I understand his quarterbacks weren't great. But he was meant to come out, you know, he had a really good end of the year in 2019. Mm-hmm. Ever thought he was going to make this huge leap. He didn't, you know, he was overdrafted last year. Yep. I think yep. they brought in Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is a good football player. They brought Marvin Jones in because they want Marvin Jones to be what they wanted DJ Chart to be. Yeah, and I think – you know, rookie quarter. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, they knew that in, in free agency that they were going to draft Trevor Lawrence. So, rookie right. quarterback, you want a reliable veteran receiver that, you know, maybe yeah. you can lock on to. And I think that's what Marvin Jones probably will be. Uh, to me, these this wide receiver situation is uh, – I can't 
really put a pin in it. Um, I probably will not take any of them. I, I like the upside of Chenault, but Marvin Jones' presence scares me. And then DJ Chark could, you know, rebound right. and he could have a good relationship with Lawrence. I, I, don't, I really can't place which guy is going to be the guy. I think there is – it is a solid chance that it, it could be Marvin Jones. It looks like you're projecting him to have a Pro Bowl caliber season. So Yeah, I got Marvin Jones projected in a good year. I think a lot of that has to do with LaVisca Chenault, though. I think LaVisca Chenault does have a bit of a breakout year. I mean, I've got him at 840 yards, mm-hmm. which would be a breakout for him. I mean, he hasn't really done much of anything at the moment. Um, yeah, kind of a weird year for him last year. Yeah. I mean, well, it, and I think Chenault breaking out just helps Marvin Jones a lot. No one's going to be having to double Marvin Jones right out the gate. That People don't see him as that threat. Uh, I got Marvin Jones at 109 receptions for 1,239 yards with eight touchdowns. I think he could hit those numbers. I mean, people were projecting him to have a really good season last year. But injuries to Kenny Galladay, the offense just spitting and sputtering. You know, he was on the Lions. Mm-hmm. All these things are just negatives against him. He'd come out, have a really good season with Trevor Lawrence, and probably have a couple good seasons with Trevor Lawrence. I don't remember what his contract was. Uh, and DJ Chark wasn't drafted by this regime. No, nope. the regime has already come out and you know, like I said, said they weren't happy with his game tape. And they brought in Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones's current ADP is the beginning of the 13th round. If you can get a guy with this type of upside in the 13th round, that could win you championships. Like, legit. Same with Chanel, because if it's not Jones, it's going to be Chanel. One of these two guys, I believe, is going to have a really great season. Chanel is going even earlier, though. Chanel's at the back of the eighth round. Still, though, if you can get someone with that upside, yeah, you took him in the eighth our, round. You took Chanel in our mock draft, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Either one of these guys, and with with their current ADPs. There's a chance I would grab them both. You're going to know after week one or week two who's going to be the guy. You're going to know who's getting the targets, who has the rapport with Trevor Lawrence. And they're going far enough in the draft, like a part, you know, 8th to 13th, that you can take them both Mm -hmm. and figure it out and then just drop the other one. Yeah, especially if you go, you know, running back heavy early and then in those mid-tier rounds you're looking – to fill in receivers with upside. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let me see where Chark is going. Yeah, DJ Chark is going in the back of the six. I I wouldn't touch him there. I don't believe in DJ Chark, not with all the stuff I've been hearing and the moves they have made. So. All right, and uh, we're not going to talk about the tight ends because – Yeah. Until one of them, so I don't have either one of them barely over 300 yards on the season. So draft man hurts in dynasty leagues. Other than that, I won't yeah. be touching any Jaguars tight ends and redraft. And now to the black sheep of the family. Do you have any stuff you want to input, Ryan? Uh, no, not really. Um, the only thing I was thinking is I agree with you guys with Shark. I think he takes a big step back. Um, Chanel, I think Marvin Jones showing up could help Chanel in that you might see him in the slot more often. I think he played outside quite quite a lot last. I think he was like seventy percent of the time or something like that. He was on the outside, yeah. so you might see him getting a bit more slot work. And uh, I think a, a rookie quarterback might be more tempted to to throw throw those shorter routes straight in the slot. And it could you might see Chanel, especially in PPR leads, kind of his value going up because of that. Yeah, it is valid. Yes, yes, it is. All right, we'll move on to the laughing stock of the NFL. I don't know if you guys heard that. We did. You guys. Do we have to? 
I know. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to predict. So I guess uh, my first question is JJ, who do you predict is going to be the starting quarterback? Yeah, it's uh, Tyrod. I, I, there's just too much of Watson and he already didn't want to play there. So I think it's Tyrod Taylor runs out there week one. Do, do you think he plays all, all 17 if he stays healthy and doesn't get stabbed to the chest with a needle? <laughs> um, probably. I know they probably. drafted Davis Mills in the third round, I think it was. but Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know that their head coach there um, and Tyrod go back, way back, to all the way back to Baltimore days. So, you know – their off season was, you know, everyone knew that they were going to suck. They sucked really bad last year. And like, they were one of the busiest teams in free agency, but they added a bunch of like random veterans and journeymen. Yeah. And I just, nothing mm. they did excited me. And they lost Will Fuller, obviously. Their running back room is just infuriating looking at your spreadsheet here. like It I'm- is super infuriating. <laughs> and that's not even all of them. Yeah. Like, they had other, like, actual names on there, too. And I'm just like, there's there's no way. Like, I don't – I didn't know what to do, honestly. I went to stat out this team, and I'm just like, you know, I don't – so, I also – yeah, I have Tyrod for the full 17 games. And I got him completing 297 passes for 3,131 yards – Right, uh, 27 touchdowns, and I got him rushing 98 times for 519 yards and three touchdowns. That's so that's as far as I could go. Seven picks. I would take a one and put it in front of that seven because that defense is complete garbage, and they're gonna as much as he can't throw, he's gonna have to throw because they're not gonna be in a lot of games. So. Here's the thing: he's never really been on any great team. But he's never thrown that many interceptions. Oh, it's coming. I'm not saying it couldn't, but I think his highest interception on any one year that he played a full year was nine. Yeah, and that's why he's a great backup because he doesn't turn it over. Right. I just because he'll take off and run before he <clears throat> before yeah, he throws a bad I just, ball. I just think that they're I gonna be you. a dumpster fire and he's gonna throw a bunch of picks. What, how old is he now? 33, 34? Oh, I don't even know. Old. Yeah. Nothing about this team excites me. What, what do you like about Oregon? He's actually only 31. He's turning 32 this year. How do you feel about my projection for him, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, it's – I don't even know how to establish a baseline for this team. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know where to even start. So – just bad. Like, I don't think I want any part of the team at all. I don't think I could find any bright spots. Just just thinking about it and talking about it now and realizing how bad I think they're going to be. I, I mean, I think they're going to be the worst team in the league. I, I think they'll get up for a couple games, win two or three games, but I think they'll be picking one or two in the draft. I, I do think now looking at it, I, I think that they probably will put Davis Mills in at some point, maybe around the halfway point in the season when – they just know that they're going to be out of it just to see what they have with him. He was, um, I mean, I think a lot of scouts think his game can translate in the NFL. There's worried about his health and his low game numbers. So I think Mills will probably get in, but yeah, I, I won't be drafting any Texans this year. Even Brandon cooks, I, Tyra Taylor can't throw a deep ball, man. He throws the ball like 30 yards. Like I just, no. Yeah, I mean, I. Well, we'll get to the wide receivers. Uh, the running backs, David Johnson is far and away probably the. I, I don't want to say far away, but I, I think he's the best one on the team. He played okay last year. Uh, I got him. Two, I got him for two hundred carries and eight hundred sixty yards. Two hundred eighty-one receiving yards. I think Mark Ingram takes a lot of the goal line work. I got I, I got Mark Ingram only for 58 attempts, but seven touchdowns because I think probably 
45 of those 58 attempts come from inside the five-yard line. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got next to no receiving work for Mark Ingram. Philip Lindsay has got 125 carries for a little over 500 yards. Honestly, Philip Lindsay, I feel like, has gotten the short end of the stick his entire career after his fantastic rookie season. Like, dude, balled out his rookie season, and then all the Broncos did was just kept bringing in other people. Yeah, it really confused me that he went there. Yeah. And, like, on a one-year, $2 million contract, like, I feel like he could have gone – like to the I Jets, thought, like the Jets. I, I thought that the Patriots should have added him and not brought the, back James White and let yeah. Lindsey be the receiving back with them. I thought yep. that would have been a great fit. Um, he just now he's in this mess, and I like oh. Lindsey too. He's uh, he plays a lot of passion and. You know what I just going. thought of? What'd you think of? Seattle should not have brought back Chris Carson. They should have brought in Philip Lindsey. I feel Philip Lindsay would have been a beast in that Seattle offense. Only thing is, I don't think he can take like a Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry type workload because he's so small. He's, you know, I think he's should have like an ETN Kamara type role. You know, not even 200 carries, but, you know, 50 to 70 receptions. Just a, I mean, he's a good football player, but. I mean, what are the running bats ADPs right now? Like, like I don't think any I mean, of them are very high. I mean, David they, Johnson is probably the highest. I mean, is yeah, he almost just because of the fact that he might be the one decent player? Depending on his ADP, yeah. is it almost worth looking at him? It's an eighth round draft ADP for Johnson. I mean, so if you if you want depth at your running back position or someone that a bell cow on your roster, it might be worth. If you're doing like a zero RB strategy, David, you could do worse than David Johnson. Yeah. Um, Cause you're right. He's going to get the work. Uh, Mark Ingram is 16, 16th round. I bet you Lindsay's not even getting drafted. Yeah. I think he's ahead of Ingram. Oh, he is 14th. Yeah. I think he's going to, I mean, but David Johnson's, I mean, a lot of people like him because of his pass catching ability. So, I, yeah. I don't know. I won't touch the situation. I want nothing to do with it. Yeah, me either. Yep. Uh, we'll move on. Sucks too. Yeah. Yeah. Their whole team sucks. Uh, we'll move <laughs> on to the wide receivers. Like JJ said, uh, no one's really all that appealing because Tyrod Taylor's not a very good thrower. Uh, but someone has to catch some balls, apparently, I guess. I, I did give Brandon Cook 78 receptions for 782 yards, six touchdowns, and he is the number one, according to my projections. So that goes to show you about how I feel about the other wide receivers, Randall Cobb, and they got Kiki, they got Kiki QT as their third on the depth chart. So, I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's a wasteland. It's a fantasy wasteland. I don't know. Like, like they're going to have to. That's the thing. That they're going to have to throw the football. Like, right. I don't see how Cooks doesn't get 1,000 yards. I don't want him, but just their sheer terribleness will get him 1,000 yards, I think. I know. I gave him 126 targets, yeah. which was by far the highest percentage of anybody else on the team. Um, And then... I believe I gave him something like a 66% for his catch rate. So I just, I don't know. I feel like teams are going to be able to take him away. I think that's yeah. my problem with it. Like I know he's a great wide receiver, but Brent or uh, Tyrod Taylor is not going to, not going to throw into double coverage. That's true. And they that's lost Fuller. Yeah, that's that's why they don't get – he doesn't throw interceptions. Because if the guy's not wide open, he doesn't throw the ball, he just runs. 
Yeah. I do yeah. have Go ahead. I do have Jordan Atkins, their tight end, for just under 500 yards. I do feel like that if there is a team that they're playing that has is bad against tight ends, that he could be a sneaky play for that week. Um, but again, it's no one that I would feel comfortable playing on a week-to-week basis outside of David Johnson if I went zero RB. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, they're going to – I mean, teams are going to load the box and force Tyra Taylor to have to throw over, and yeah. I just don't think he's capable. So Right. Again, this might yeah. all change if they end up throwing in a different quarterback or getting a different quarterback. Or And what kills me is the wide receivers on this team aren't bad. Like Brandon Cooks has always had over a thousand yards, no matter who he's played with. But he's always played with, you know, quarterbacks, not running backs who like to throw the ball. Um, Randall Cobb. He's getting older, but he's a solid slot option. And Kiki QT has shown flashes. I'm not, uh, I'm not blown away by this receiver. They drafted Nico Collins in the third round, too. I don't know how he factors in. He probably will be pretty irrelevant his rookie year, but yeah. I'm not saying they have like a superstar wide receiver, but it's yeah, not it's capable. It's not the worst one you've ever seen. Like, no, that would be the 2017 Bears. <laughs> My only thing is, my only thing is, I almost wonder if you see Randall Cobb being more of the the go to guy on this team, being in the slot. Tyrod won't throw a deep ball, won't throw into double coverage. Do you almost see him getting more of the the work? No, because I feel like by that time Tyrod will already have takeoff and run. Okay, like I got Tyrod Tyrod running for ninety eight rushes. Oh yeah, okay, but I wouldn't be shocked if that's higher. Like, that's right on par with his average per year. But I wouldn't be shocked if that reaches more like 115. Just because no one's going to be able to get open. And by the time they do, their shitty offensive line has already let half the defensive line through. And Tyrod's just running around. Yeah, that's another thing. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. So, right. I mean, I could see him knocked out in the first quarter of the season and Mills having to come in. Right, or stabbed in the lung. Yeah, that too. We'll bring that up as much as physically possible. And he was stabbed in the lung because he, what, he cracked his ribs, right? Cracked his ribs, yeah. It's just such an insane story. How can you not talk about it all the time? Right, I know. <laughs> <That's>... <clears throat> oh, snap, that was the last team, wasn't it? Was Looking it was that's go. it? So uh, we made it through. Early prediction: Who wins the division? Who wins that the AFC uh, South? Colts. Yeah, I, I got it. I got yeah. Let's go. Let's go person by person. I got, I got Colts, Titans, Jaguars, Texans in that order. Yeah, I I, I agree with that order. All right, I'll be different then. I'll go Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. You don't have to be different. Like, if you believe the same thing, you can believe whatever you believe. <laughs> no, I have to be different. You don't have to be different just for the sake of being different. Now Ryan's he's going to come just... back if he's right at the end of the year. He's I told you. You didn't say shit. You just didn't want to agree with us. <laughs> he was just hopped up on nasal spray. It's, right, it's, yeah. It's funny because that's exactly what I would do. If I, I know, <laughs> I know, because it's exactly what I would do too. <laughs> I'm a genius. I, but... I told you, even though I was just doing it to be completely different from you guys, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a uh, couple things before we get out of here. Make sure you check out our website www.garbagetimeff.com. Make sure you go on there. You subscribe. You leave us a voicemail. Make sure you listen on Apple podcasts that you give us a review five stars, two stars, one star, half star. I don't care. Just leave that review. Uh, we'd prefer five stars. It'd be nice and helpful. Um, make sure you listen to our 
what would we call it? Our sister podcast, the yeah, Garbage Time Presents MMA. Or sorry, I did that wrong. Garbage Time Presents the MMA podcast. Uh, they just put out another new episode. Uh, so tune into that. That went up earlier today. Oh, yeah. So make sure you check us out. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Simplecast, anywhere you want to find us. We're pretty much everywhere. Uh, like I said, the best way to find us is to go to our website. Go to the website and you can. we'll have all our links there. We'll be on our Instagram. You can leave us messages there. Uh, JJ, did you want to shout out what you're doing this weekend? Yeah, so I'm, I'm cheating on you guys and going on another podcast, um, the Irish Bears show. Actually, Bears fans based out of Ireland, um, and they got a podcast that they've started up. They're doing pretty well, um, have a pretty good following. So just going to hop on there and talk some Bears football, and maybe I'll uh, bring up what we do around here. So be good. All right. So make sure you check that out. That's happening on Saturday, I believe. Uh so that should be up sometime on that day. Maybe. I don't know. And that is, that I don't is know if you're as efficient as you, Ron. But oh, well, you know, not everyone can be me. Uh, and that's the Irish Bears podcast, right? Irish Bears show. Irish Bears show. So give that a check out. And uh, we're going to get out of here now. From all of us at Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.